0: Welcome to Tomo's Race Chimwag, my Formula 1 podcast every single week, pre and post race. It lives live on the Tomo YouTube channel, but if you're hearing this, then you must be listening to the audio only version just for your cute little ears. If you enjoy the pod, drop a five star and leave a nice review. It would be much appreciated. Now let's crack on. And we are live for the first time in 2024 properly. Anyway, it's Tomo's Race Chimwag Roll Intro. Day one of testing is complete. Plenty to talk about. Even though the outcome of today was, let's just say, not surprising, okay? Uh, Max. Firmly dominated in terms of timings, but remember it's testing, so don't look at the timings. Okay. Welcome everyone who's here live on YouTube. Helita, Ali, Eggy, the Test Guys, Marina, Noah, Perplexus, BNTRN, Coco, Ron, Samuel, Testy, Gnome, HSW, Tina, Daniel, Jonas, Adrian, Secret Sloth, Avkid Levi, Flying Spy, Noah, Dante, Isabel, Spectre. Thank you to all. You who are here on YouTube that makes this a bit more of a a dialogue, you know. We're going to do some polls, I'm going to get your opinions, I want to know what you lot think, but also plenty of you will be listening to this after the fact. So, welcome to everyone who's here after the fact, not live. Okay, time zones don't always work out at the end of the day, but also welcome to everyone who's listening to this through their ears only on audio only platforms be that Spotify, be that Apple Podcasts. Be that wherever you like to listen to your pods. Today, we are here to talk all about day one of testing, Bahrain 2024. Woo! As you can see, there's a this v, V-Carb Visa Cash App Kick Sauber, Stake F1 Team Sauber. Uh, it's the V-Carb with green fluoro. If you're watching, obviously, if you're listening, you can't see that. But they did cover these cars today. And uh, it's kind of what you got to do. Flowviz helps significantly in uh, understanding how the air is flowing over the car. Okay, there's only so much CFD, so much computational fluid dynamics you can do. Okay, on these cars, you've only got restricted timings, especially if you finish higher up uh, in the in the season. So you've got to make these days count. Eight hours of running today, split into two four-hour sections, and well, this is how it finished. So at the top we've got uh the classification after day one of testing in 2023, and at the bottom we've got the same day of testing, day one in 2024. So you've got a bit of a direct comparison here. I thought that'd be an interesting interesting to look at. So max a 131.344 today, 1.140 seconds clear of landowner SP2, fastest lap today. This time last year Max went quickest to 132837 so that's about one and a half seconds uh, almost exactly one and a half seconds difference in terms of Max's fastest timing uh not Q1 testing one 2023 versus testing one 2024 de- Kevin de Bruyne, really Jangstar, really I've never I've never read that one before not 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 De Bruyne, anyway his, his hair's quite nice at the minute. To be fair, he's, he's do, doing bits with his hair. Um, so, but obviously, last year the gap between Max at the front and Fernando P two was only twenty nine thousandths of a second. This time out is one point one four seconds. That's after sandbagging. Oh, good old sandbagging, H S W. Good old sandbagging, jumping up. Well, Look, you can see laps as well. Max did one hundred forty two this time out. One hundred fifty seven last time out but also well actually more drivers got a run on day one last time it was only Checo and Lewis who did zero laps of testing today I mean teams split it 50-50 I imagine what Red Bull and Mercedes are doing they'll give George the first day and a half and then they'll give Lewis the second day and a half and and the same with Checo and Max so Alexis McAllister I I, I, I can see that more than I can, Kevin de Bruyne. To be fair, whereas Minton, Minton's, he might, he might join us. Okay, sometimes on these streams, I like to leave it up to him. Right, there's meant be many a time, but he will scratch at this door, right, this door. Maybe, maybe he'll 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 appear this time out. We'll see. Um, but yes, of course, heavy caveats with testing, as per that Red Bull is not over a second quicker, a lap faster than the rest of the field over a single lap, at least. Unless Red Bull, which is, no, that's not that's not doable. That car wasn't dominant in qualifying last year. Let's just get that straight as well, by the way. There's plenty of time when Max did not sit on pole. He did sit on pole more than anyone else, but not every time. So I, I think the more interesting, Well, what, what do we think is the most interesting cars here? Obviously seeing Daniel Ricciardo up there in the racing bulls. He is, He was only what is within a tenth of Lando, only fifteen thousandths behind Carlos in his Ferrari. That's obviously going to get Zach Brown's um, heart rate up <laughs> because he's the one making the most noise about it, for sure. Who else? Who else? Uh, Stroll being ahead of Fernando. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Look at the number laps. You know, Fernando did seventy-seven. Lance did fifty-three. So everyone got a pretty good run in. What it was only Logan. Logan only got twenty-one, and it was Logan who had the only real incident of note. Well, to be fair, so Alex's Williams broke down at the end of the first four-hour chunk, about twenty minutes before the end, a uh, fuel pump issue, so fuel wasn't getting fed into the car, and you know, and then Logan spun. He did spin at turn ten, yes, indeed. So. If any team had a not so great day, it's it's probably Williams, you would say. Obviously, uh, Magnussen and Hülkenberg are right down there in terms of timings, but you can't really. When you're you have to eyeball it, don't you? With testing, you have to look at these cars and think who looks the most comfortable. You know, Red Bull have massively changed up their aero, yet like Max just looks comfortable in that car. Just looks really comfortable. And yes, he is Max Verstappen. So if anyone's going to make himself look comfortable in a car, it's him. But also, Max is a driver who pushes 100% straight away. Filling in the blanks, good point. The track evolution between the morning and afternoon will, uh, you know, will explain some of these lap time deltas. So it's a very good point, actually. Because obviously, we go, we start in the day at Bahrain. It's much warmer. Gets into the evening. Temperatures come down. Track speeds up a little bit as well. A little bit more... Rubbered in and all. So, you know what? Gasly P5's crazy. I mean, honestly, the numbers are nothing to look at. It's looking at these cars and seeing who looks, what cars look planted, what cars look stable um, to grow on. This is day one of testing. So, we've got a long way to go. But the main thing I want to talk about for this stream this chin wag. Is the Red Bull upgrades, okay. Shout out, Toby Gruner. Gruner? Don't know how to pronounce German. Um, for these shots of some of the Red Bull. Oh, some foolery that's going on. Shoulders, I know. We haven't even got a photo of the shoulders in these, to be fair. Um, Dante. But yeah, the shoulders are looking fine on that Red Bull. But they're really pushing the boat out of it. So, first of all, we've got the Cypod inlet. The talk of the town beforehand, right? What are they going to do with their side pod inlet? Zero pod, blah, blah, blah. Now, is it a zero pod? Absolutely not, right? The the pod's massive. It's the inlet that is very, very different here. So instead of what we saw last year with the underbite, no underbite, it's overbite, overbite this time. But also <laughs> the the inlet slit is a lot thinner, but then they also have a secondary slit vertically you know to the side now i'm sure ferrari had something in in terms of an additional inlet on this on the side pod i believe ferrari had that towards the end of last year right you're welcome car stuff so i thought that was a really good demonstration from me there sorry any audio only listeners you won't have seen the excellent demonstration i just gave um but yeah so you've got (laughs) you've got a double inlet on the side pod itself which still is a big side pod We'll see maybe from Suzuka onwards, there's talk that sidepod could shrink right down. They did, but it was horizontal. Ah, oh, fair enough. And furthermore, which we did not see on the car in any of the kind of pre-launch livery stuff, is these additional inlets, pretty significant as well. They're not small by any stretch. I mean, this inlet by the halo in the top image this, this inlet is, like, taller than the main side pod inlet. That, that's, it, it's huge. It's a huge inlet there. So, for some reason, Red Bull and, you know, Nui and Washe and their, their team has decided that inlets by the... <laughs> by the halo are a thing. Now, of course, Mercedes had the shoulders last year. And you can see that these inlets feed into those shoulders. But Mercedes didn't have, they had the shoulders, but they didn't have an inlet directly into the shoulders. Not, nothing, anything, anywhere like this. It's crazy. It's crazy. It looks really, and you know what? Like, Hats off to Red Bull. If they can make this work, they've taken a set of regulations, which we've now had two full seasons of, and are still finding completely different approaches and if they can continue to keep that gap and they can give Max a car that he can dominate again with in 2024 look from an entertainment point of view of course it's going to be a shame but hats off because this looks phenomenal and as AV says as well it's not even the complete package yet it is far from the complete package yet as well yeah as I thing, typically over testing, there's some really interesting stories you hear of that, you know, team personnel flying out to Bahrain or Barcelona, wherever they've tested in the past, bringing in components in their luggage, trying to get a wing through security, <laughs> which is what you got to do. And obviously, it's a bit of a shame. Actually, you know, you can get the first poll going because I think it is a shame we don't see both cars out on track. Um, do would you prefer each team is able to run both cars in testing we've seen um i'll just be yes or no because we've seen Alonso's talked about this he said that he thinks there's not enough testing which you know you've got ultimately you've got 24 hours given to you in testing you know eight hours day one eight hours day two eight hours day three Split into two four-hour sessions per day. It's it's not insignificant. That's 24 hours of potential running. You add cars. I mean, what? If we go back to... uh, So Max did 142 laps today, which is equivalent to... Was it 50-something laps, Bahrain? It's like 55, I think, something like that. Um, So it's like two and a half full Grand Prix. Which is pretty crazy. Two and a half full Grand Prix. It's a lot of running still. If you, if you can do that every day, you know you can get you know seven and a half eight full Grand Prix of mileage in before the first race even begins, and you're getting seven and a half eight Grand Prix of mileage in at the track you're going to race the first Grand Prix at. So I don't think that's so much of a problem. Would I like to see both cars being able to go out and track on time? And many of you said it's 57 in in Bahrain. There you go. Um, I don't necessarily think there should be more. I think three days is plenty of the two four-hour sessions. I think if we weren't doing the first race... So say the first race was in Australia, right? And we were only testing in Bahrain. I think bringing two whole chassis to Bahrain to test to then send them both off to Australia is a bit much. That is not the case. The season opener is in Bahrain, in which case I think they should let both cars run. A few of you have said, you know, it would get too congested on track. But I'm not being funny. Like, that is part of the sport. You know, you have in Q1, you have 20 cars out on track trying to set a lap time, trying to find you a position. If anything, it's good practice for the teams to like get back into right, oh, we got to send this car at this time, or we'll tell them to push at this point, blah blah blah. Like, I, I I don't I don't think that's a reason to not do it. I agree that that would be a, a factor. You know, it would make the track a lot more congested, but that's good practice for the teams, no? I think so. I think so. Also, it's a seventy-six percent view agree and think that. Um, they should run both cars one other question Um, do you think uh, the venue for testing should be different to the venue for race one I don't know I've just come up with this question off the top of my head because I think the idea of having testing at a different you know making testing a bit more of a spectator thing i mean why not right say we lose catalonia for example and madrid re- madrid replaces it to so then move testing to catalonia and have it as a ticketed event that's a bit cheaper you're just seeing f1 cars go around in circles people would buy tickets for that i'm sure no competitive running but you're seeing f1 cars drive around all day make a bit more of an event of it I, I I don't see why you wouldn't do that. You know, I think that's a good opportunity to let people see F1 cars, maybe for a bit of a cheaper price. Um, because w- were there fans there? I don't even I don't even know, I don't know if there were fans there. If there were fans there, I don't I don't remember seeing them. But anytime there's F1 cars out on track, there should be people able to to see them in person. In my opinion, I went to Catalunya testing in 2020 for Dirt cheap. Things this sport is getting more unaccessible it seems by the year, with ticket prices being what they are and corporate packages and look, it, it's it's like a lot of sports you know, the the desire to push for these high ticket fans who who bring more money in, spend more money at the bars, spend more money on merchandise, all that is ultimately gonna it's it's a business and that is what they're gonna push for and. You know, it's their responsibility to to not let, you know, not let the core fan base get priced out completely. But at the same time, it's just that's the way it works. It's just the way it works. And if there was a rookie this season with just one point five days of testing, yeah. And look, Patrick, it's a fair point. But what I will say is, you saw Liam Lawson jump in and hit the ground running. Like he did, got to Q three in Singapore, he was the one who knocked Max Verstappen out, remember. Also, now you are allowed to run twenty twenty two cars unlimited with your rookies, ground effect cars. Before this season you could only do twenty twenty one cars. So now if you know Kimi Antonelli is probably getting in at the twenty two Mercedes, although it might porpoise him to to destroy his spine, maybe. Hopefully, they'll sort that out before they stick him in it and certainly not send him right back here. But Kimi Antonelli, he can do laps in the 22 Mercedes. Oli Behrman can do laps in the 22 Ferrari. Jack Dewan can do laps in the 22 Alpine. Drogovic can do laps in the 22 Aston Martin, etc., etc. Which will help, will for sure help. Because, again, the, the, the way the 22 cars and the 21 cars drive and handle and balance when it's a completely different aero philosophy. It's going to be much easier for these juniors if they can get opportunities in those 22 cars to then jump into 24 cars if need be. I mean, what, Ollie's reserve at Ferrari and reserve at Haas. So if anything happens to those guys, there's a good chance he gets the the call up, um, in which case he needs to make sure he's ready, you know even test venues adds unnecessary cost which is why we we have so little testing in the first place true true i would say when you say unnecessary costs i think if you move it to a venue where there isn't a grand prix it may add costs but it puts f1 cars in a place where people can access it that might not be able to access them through the other 24 grand prix that's just what i'm kind of thinking about that but but anyway Anyway, I mean, you're pretty much split. 59 think it should be a different venue. 41 think it shouldn't. I, in my ideal world, I think it would be. It would be different. It would be different. And it would make race one a little bit more chaotic as well. But there you go. Anyway, look, Re- Red Bull, New Aero, Bosch, lovely. Uh, new Aero here, lovely. And then um, a couple more images of the RB20. So you've got the new little inlets on the kind of that's right on the kind of top of the nose by the one of max is this i don't actually know this bottom image is this additional um cooling for the driver's compartment is is, is that what this is i believe it is ah yes it is okay cool yeah so these are two vents for driver cooling obviously after Qatar. There were certain things mandated because of how insane that was. And that was obviously a particularly, um, that was a bit of a freak scenario that was in terms of Qatar. But ultimately, if it means we get a couple of little ducks on the car, which keep the drivers a little bit cooler, then sweet, fine. Secret jet engine. It does look a bit like the F-duct. Actually, you know, let's, let's find, um, was it 2013 McLaren? Was it 2013 McLaren, wasn't it? Uh, the old, uh, the old F duct. I think it was the F duct. Oh, I th- it was the McLaren, wasn't it? No, it's fine. It's, give me, give me, give me a good picture, Google. Come on, come on, don't let me down. When I'm here with all, with all, <laughs> with all my friends watching, what's this? Not like a decent picture of the F duct on Google. Oh, you know what? You you know you know what the F duct looks like. Or you can Google it yourself, All right. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste your time. Be faffing around google trying to find left arts what is interesting is the top image the overcut the overcut is uh interesting how it kind of angles down at the top as well the the, the air's got to do quite a lot of work to actually get into that that top kind of slipped section very interesting very interesting from red Bull here they've really uh which, I mean, McLaren have kind of gone down a similar route where they've got an overbite as well. But it's almost like a separate wing. I haven't got an image of that for the sake of this. But, um, yeah, McLaren is it, kind of a wing that doesn't fully attach to the sidepod, whereas Red Bull's is a lot more elegant because it kind of blends into the sidepod. So, listen, look. They're cooking. Red Bull are cooking. And we shouldn't be surprised. As much as they have reduced ATR... Um they also have aerodynamically the best technical team in Formula One. I think they've proven that over many years now so <laughs> oh, we'll see motor to be honest i say it's got to, i say it's gotta do a lot of work because it just looks you know it's not as 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 direct a but of course obviously you know pressure and all this stuff i'm not i'm no aerodynamicist okay whatever they've done clearly works no atr on cooling ducts well you've got the little cooling ducts at the end of the nose as well you so bosh but yeah well done red bull let's see if uh the gap is as ominous as it looks because finally we've seen all 10 cars out on track now Seeing a car out on track versus seeing the renders and seeing them in studio lighting, very different. I want to know, chat, of these 10 cars, now we've seen them through the broadcast feed, and we've seen them, all the cameras that we're going to see, all the angles that we're going to see, watching it on tele. which livery has impressed you, stood out to you the most? So... They all look better than I thought, all of them. Dante, I would broadly agree, actually. I, I would broadly agree. I think they've all... They all look really good in, in person. In the renders, they typically look good. But like, in the studio shots, they do Like in person. They just look... It's a bit dead. Uh, Alpine looks way better, according to Dylan. Uh, Ferrari looks the best. Alpine looks awful on track as well. Incredible. <laughs> Jimbo and Dylan do not agree. McLaren obviously the papaya really does pop the salba, wow even just looking at these 10 together like the sauber is the one that pops by far and away the most it is bright lime green so of course it does but also it's got a decent amount even on the wing which i was quite surprised at actually on the rear wing they've painted it or you know wrapped it however they do it on the inside of the wing not just the outside which i was quite interesting um, because most teams don't put colour on the back of their rear wing. Even though maybe they should. Ferrari, Ferrari, uh, RB, yeah, obviously the, the racing balls does very much pop on camera. I'm still not I'm still not convinced. You know what I think, right? What I think they should have done, really. Because they've talked all about, you know, they wanna they're not going to call this car Tor Rosso. They're going to. They want everyone to call it RB. They want everyone to call it Visa Cash App RB. That's what they they want. Honestly, if they really want to build something new that isn't that is a homage to Tor Rosso, but modernized, I think they should have either dropped the white and just had silver on the white bits. Or probably, for legibility purposes, drop the silver on the ball on the side and the Visa and just put them bits in white. Having both does upset me somewhat. It does upset me somewhat, I'll be honest. But And I think legibility-wise, it would have been more legible with just the, the white on the back. I don't like having the white and the silver. That's what I'm saying. So I think either have one or the other. And I think from a branding point of view, the white would have been more legible. But I would have been interested to see, I guess, you know, having the silver on the back of the Orlan and the Hugo on the front and rear wing, would that have really affected the legibility of those logos? It would have. They would be less legible, but I'd be interested to know how, how much less. How much less? Um... Aston, I mean, you know I love the Aston. I think the Aston's a banger. Do you think that all-black front wing, just when you're watching it on telly, you know? We see that front angle. You would have seen this today if you were watching testing. So often are we seeing that bang front-on angle. And the Aston Martin, the Alpine, the Haas, the Williams, even the Mercedes, all just kind of look the same from a distance front-on. Which is... Yeah, it is what it is. Also, I do I do wonder why on the on the stake why you know where they have got two stakes on the, on the side of it. Why isn't that upper stake? Why isn't that a kick instead? Like you don't need two stakes on the side. But, well, I, I, I honestly I think the salbyte is the one that really stood out. Not just literally, but like oh yeah, that looks good. I think they've they've put the color in all the right places. But also obviously the McLaren, come on. The McLaren the McLaren does slap. It's decent. And um, but yeah. Good old good old XPB with all these images. So we see him in the exact same lockup. Love it. Love it. But yeah, so here's all ten yeah, unfortunately Williams did seem to have the the weakest day of everyone out there. The Saub looked so bad during the day two neon, but kid it in the night races. I don't agree, Leah. I think it looked really good in the day. I just I just liked it. I just like it. What can I say? But, yeah, honestly, right, we're going to do a stream every day for the next three days after each testing session. And, to be honest, apart from looking detailed at the Red Bull, I've not got too much more to go into today. Because ultimately, look, Max has a huge gap, but... We don't know fuel loads. And honestly, when when I think about it, from these other teams' point of view, is it in their best interest on day one to try and go quickest and push for a fastest lap? Not really. I can't understand why teams would go out of their way to really try and, like, right, we're going to go low fuel, sticky tyre run, um you know, try and try and go quickest on, on day one. Like, and maybe this is just me being uh, blindly optimistic, but I'm just like, just, if I'm McLaren, if I'm Ferrari, if I'm racing bulls, if I'm whoever, just like, you know what, go on, Max, you go quickest, right? We'll stick to our run plan, right? You can go quickest on day one, right? and That puts the expectation and pressure on you because you could argue if... You know, Lando goes quickest day one. If R- Ricardo goes quickest in a racing bulls on day one, then oh, pressure! Oh, they're ooh, look at these like are quickest. Like, come on! I just, I, 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 don't buy that. There's really anything in it for these other teams to to push for fastest lap on day one of testing. I just don't, I, just, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think if anything, it draws more eyeballs. Whereas these teams just want to go under the radar, just keep it super chill. Like do their thing and ultimately the only reason Williams are, are, are coming to to the fore as like a team with a bit to be concerned about is because of the little issue at the end of the first session and then Logan spun which I mean it's testing like if you're gonna spin then I'm I'm surprised I mean the standard of quality of drivers is, is top tier of course but you know, now is the time to push the boundaries. End of the day. Now is the time to push the boundaries. Lance lost a mirror. He did. Lance did lose a mirror. That fell off. Was there anything else? Was it was there anything else going on? It wasn't that you was quickest, it was how he went quickest. Carl looked different beast. Nothing else came close at any point, so planted and smooth. And you're right, Finn in the Blacks. And that's what's that is what that is. what's most impressive. That's why I say the eye test is more important. It's not just looking at the time and being like, oh, Merckx is quickest. It's like, how planted did that car look? It did look very planted. He was, His corrections were minimal. And that's super interesting. Yes, of course, Logan had the spin. But no, there were no red flags. Ocon went into the gravel at one point. I actually missed that. I didn't watch all eight hours of testing. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I uh, also... Have I been popping a bit less in this? Cause I, I changed the mic cover on my because my, my pink mic covers actually fit on this, which I didn't realise. So hopefully because this is very thin, this this uh mic cover that came with my my shore. Danny Rick went on off track. Hi Maxim from Moldova. Welcome. Five second penalty for rocking already. Oh... Uh, Oh, well, some of you some of you experience Pops. Some of you are not. But, but there you go. You sound better now. Well, hopefully I sound better now. Hopefully. Anyway, right. I think we're done. I, I'm quite happy to keep this at half an hour. Right? It doesn't need to be the longest stream in the world. So thank you all for coming. Thank you, Jimbo, Antonio, Mr. Windsor, Sense, Thabo, Hector, Grey Diesel, H-Wool, Motonaut, Danny, Bengale, F1 Unchanged, Ram, Random, Gyro, Zigger. Dante, Anthony, Liam, HSW, Aaron, Eggie, Solace, Chris, Ulysses, Pranav, Pratista, Daniel, OWR, Rex, Glenn, Sander, Elias, Off the Wall, Fraser, Cowrie, Sandra, Tischin, Ryan, Salmon, Luther, Paolo, Keegan, Friday, AV, Limau, motonaut versus today thank you all for coming appreciate you taking the time i'll see you tomorrow same time 5 p.m uk time for day two testing roundup where alex alborn goes p1 you heard it here first thank you for joining everyone have a good day i'll see you tomorrow thanks again have a good and ta that's what i should actually say shouldn't i bye-bye